0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I'm going to continue on in the, the alignment series and I'm going to jump into a portion of scripture that is pretty famous a lot of us uh, know about it if you don't know worries I'm going to catch you up but it's taken out of Genesis chapter 6 so as we get into it if you don't have a note sheet just go ahead and raise your hands they'll get you a note sheet on there uh, the ushers will get that to you and uh, we'll jump right into it but before we get into this go ahead and tell your neighbor it's time to get aligned it's time to get aligned. Let me give you some context to, to the scripture as well as they're passing out the notes. Uh, this story is about is Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, like I said, it's, it's a story that's pretty well known in, 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 uh, in, in church today. And what we're about to jump, jump into is uh, the purpose of you know, Noah building this ark. The purpose of Noah building this ark, God spoke to Noah and told Noah, hey, I want you to build this ark, but this is, this is what's going on in the world. There's a lot of crazy things going on. A lot of, a lot of wickedness, a lot of, a lot of bad things, you know, and, but you're a man of God. You have a relationship with me, so I want you to do something, and I want you to build this ark because I'm gonna do something new. I'm gonna bring you life. So he tells Noah, do it, do this. And let me tell you, let me tell you, God always uses a man or a woman to push forward his plan. Tell your neighbor, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. All right, with that set up, allow me to read. We're jumping into it. You guys ready? I know you're ready. Genesis chapter six, verse nine. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. I'm going to jump over to verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark, an ark of go- gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with, the, the, with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, its width fifty cubits, and its height thirty cubits. You shall make a window of the ark for the ark, and its and, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above. And set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with a with a, with lower second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything on everything. That is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go to the ark. You, your sons, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. The title of my message is Building Your Life According to Biblical Models. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the word that you have given me to share, Lord. May I speak it precisely, not according to my will, but to your will, Father. May your word go out. And may I not hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. May I not try to contribute my own thoughts or, or my own perspective. But, Lord, let me, let me communicate, Father God, your thoughts and your perspective and what your people want to hear. And I pray for every single person that's online and in, in the building, Lord, that they, they receive the word and they receive the message in the manner that you would have them to receive it, Father. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. Amen. Go ahead, give your neighbor a high five, and you may be seated. You may be seated. Now, when I was a kid, I loved toys. How many of you guys loved toys when you were a kid? Come on. That's, a, that's an amen, not, not, not a strong one, but I imagine you all loved toys when you were a kid. I, I remember the toys that I had as a kid was uh, I had my G.I. Joes. I had my G.I. Joes, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those were cool also, um, you know. Uh, I don't know if you remember these, but Micro Machines, those little, little bitty cars. Little, you probably lost a few of those if you, if you had those. Um, uh, how about this? I don't know if this, this, maybe nobody might know, but some of you might know Battle Beasts. They're really cool. I love those things. And then there's like He-Man, Transformers, a whole bunch of things, a lot. And if you're a lady, I'm sure you had like, I don't know, Barbies, Cabbage Patch, all that stuff that I'm, I, I'm, I'm referencing my own childhood, so <laughs> I didn't play with those things. So. But the point is, I love toys. They, they stirred my imagination, as with many of you, they stirred your imagination when you used to play with them. They were, they were amazing to play with because your creativity, your imagination would go. But there's also something that I did, I loved when I was a kid, and that was building models. Anybody love building models? You can raise your hand. You don't have to. That's all right. I don't need you to agree with you. I'm going to continue my illustration. <laughs> I love models. Models were so cool. And, um, you know, I love just just model airplanes, model cars. And at that time when I was young, I was really fascinated with, uh, you know, uh, uh, jet airplanes, military jets, fighter jets. You know, like, uh, you know, I think at that time Top Gun was around and, uh, you know, like those type of, type of jets, you know, like, you know, the Tomcat, the Hornets, those things. Those are amazing. I love those things. And I love, like, building models. Uh, like that. Um, I've come to learn some lessons from bu- building models, and let me share with you the lessons that I've learned. There's a lot of detail into building a great model, a lot of detail in building great models. Also, in my experience, I've also noticed that, that there were models that were awesome, that required a lot of detail work, and then there was models that were average that not, did not require as much work. They're like the snap-on ones, and they came with stickers, but the great ones Required glue, they required little, little details to it and uh, painting to it, paintbrushes, all these different things. Another thing I learned is in building a great model, you can't leave out any step or add any shortcuts because you'll mess it all up. You got to take every step to building that model, and you can't try to add shortcuts. Because, you, know, you know us as, you know, sometimes we just like to add shortcuts, like, let's do this quick, but we got to allow the process to play out. Also on the, on my way to building a great model this thing that I also learned on your way to building a great model you will feel the burden of following certain steps there's certain steps that are a little bit more burdensome but they are very purposeful when you're building that model so here's here's allow me to transition this off for you for all, all for you God wants you to build your life according to biblical models and the experiences that the, that I've just shared with you correlate to how God wants you to build your life because your life is to be great, okay? great not on your own, but great with God and great for God. So there's certain details that you're going to have to work at with building the the life that God's called you to build. There's certain steps you're going to have to take that you can't cut out. There can be no shortcuts. There's certain steps you're going to have to follow. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So God works in steps. So the life God wants you to build according to the model, the biblical model he has for you, is going to require you taking those steps. Can I get an amen? So going back to the scriptures, going back to the scriptures, we just read Noah's about to get ready to build something. He's about to build an ark, but to him it was just something. It was something that, that, and let me just tell you why it was something. For him it was something because he's never had a reference point for it like it was Genesis 6 the creation story to happen the first few chapters and then there's a couple other the chapters and then there were six there was no need for an ark it's not like he could have gone to the neighbor and said hey neighbor help me out God's telling me to build this but I don't know what it t- to look like so I have no reference point for it but I do have steps have you ever built something like he couldn't do that He couldn't do that. He couldn't go to his friends and ask for advice because his friends wouldn't know because there was no reference point for what he was being called to build. There was no reference point for what God wanted him to do with the instruction that God gave gave him uh, at that time. God was asking him to build something. Noah had no understanding of what God was asking him to do. But, somebody say but. Noah had the intellectual capacity to receive it. He had the intellectual capacity to receive it. Hebrews eleven seven says this. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. So he had no picture of it. You know, we as, we as people, we generally, we want a picture. We want a plan. But we also want to see what it looks like at the end of the plan. We want a picture of what it looks like at the end of following all these steps. Noah didn't have all that. He didn't have all that, but Noah had the intellectual capacity to receive it. So let me just say like this. God speaks to the intellect of mankind, so it's not always about understanding. How many of you are looking for understanding? How many of you are looking for understanding? I'll just raise my hand by myself. Thank you, Steve, for not not leaving me alone up here. But, But sometimes we as believers, God will speak something to us. And he's spoken it to that we understand it clearly because we are all intellectual and smart in here. He's given us a mind to comprehend. But we're still seeking understanding because we don't know exactly what it looks like. But let me tell you, you don't have to know or you don't have to understand what it looks like in order to receive what God is telling you. Because God speaks to the intellect of mankind, and it's us as a people to be able to receive it. But when we bypass the, the part of receiving it, then we also bypass the part of the blessing of it. And I want to be in here, and part of this message was to help in this and give us direction to be able to, uh, to receive what God is speaking because sometimes the understanding is holding us up. And I don't want the people of Freedom House to be held up by them wanting understanding when God has already spoken to you intellectually. Amen? I look across the room, and I know there's many of you that have received the word. You come every Sunday. You come every Wednesday. And not only that, you probably had people pray for you. Maybe you had somebody who had a prophetic gift on our life speak over you, but you're still seeking that understanding. I'm not trying to tell you to just, uh, you know, to discount, you know, wisdom. That's not what I'm trying to do. But what I am trying to, 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 to shake off of you is the, is the steps that you can take. Noah was given steps. He didn't know what it looked like, but he had an instruction and he had steps. Again, the steps of a good man are ordered, and he had that. And some of you, God has spoken to your intellect already. He has given you steps, but you're too busy searching for understanding to receive what he has to say, to receive what he wants to give, to receive the blessing that is for you. In the Bible, Genesis, uh, in the first part, verse 9 says, Noah walked with God. That speaks to relationship with God. All of you in here logged on and in in the church, you all have a relationship with God at certain levels. I know this because you're here. (laughs) I know this because maybe even if you're new and you're like, man, I'm just checking this out. Man, your relationship with God is probably starting right now. Logged on, it's probably starting on right now. But... I say this because your relationship with God, Noah walking with God, that relationship that he had, the relationship that you have, the, the, the basis, the base of all relationship with God is this, that God will ask you to do some things. Can you all agree with me on that? Has God asked you to do some things? God asks you to do some things when you have relationship with him. There's no getting out of it. There's no stepping, sidestepping that and trying to go a different route. If you are in relationship with God, you are going to be asked to do things for God. God will lead you down that path. Verse 14, the Bible says, make yourself an ark. So not only will God ask you, according to your relationship, he will ask you to do things, but he'll personalize it for you. Because God speaks to Noah and tells Noah, make yourself an ark. This speaks of a personal ownership. He didn't say, Noah, make me an ark. He said, Noah, make yourself an ark. I'm asking you to make an ark according to the model that I'm giving you. Make it for yourself. So God is telling Noah, make this personal. I don't want you to just say this is for God. I want you to personalize it and make it for you. And I believe God has has made some things personal for you, and God is asking you to, to take the steps to make it. And on the other side, you watch what he does through it. He tells Noah, make this thing, and, if, and, and this is how you're going to work out how, how you bring your family along, how you lead your family, how you show them faith, how you show them how my word is true, how you show them how I am faithful. He's telling Noah, this is what you do. So Noah, you got to imagine Noah was just a person just like you and me. We have the great benefit of having the word of God. Can I get an amen on that? We have the benefit of the word. The word tells us the stories of the men of the Bible, the women of the Bible, of Jesus, of how God worked and his faithfulness. We know the stories from the beginning and to the end. We know all those things, but the people who didn't know were the people who were in the stories. Because the the, the people who were in the stories, it was written about them. So they were living out the story. And at that time, Noah was just a man, just a person just leading his family, had a relationship with God with his family, and he was just leading them according to you know, what his relationship with God was leading them to, and, and he was just, you know, just Noah. He was just Noah. He didn't, he didn't know any, 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 anything more, so he was like listening to God, as a person, as a man of faith, and say, all right, God, you want me to build this? And he's, I can just imagine in his head, like, he's just thinking, like, what's going on? What are you, why are you giving me this instruction? I don't even know what this is about, Lord. And then God says, I myself am bringing, and Noah's probably like, yes, thank you, God. You got to the part where you're gonna fill in the gaps. I myself am bringing. Thank you, God, that you are bringing something. Thank you, God, that you are bringing something. That, that's what probably Noah was saying. But then he goes on to say, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy. And Noah's probably like, huh? You, I've been waiting for this part Will you give me instruction and in how you're going to help fill in the, the gaps. And you're telling me the thing that you are bringing is going to destroy. The very thing that you are bringing is going to uh, uh, bring Death. The very thing that you are bringing is going to demolish uh, you know, a whole bunch of things. This is the point I have for you on that. Certain things in your life must die for God to bring you life into it. What things in your life that got to die that haven't died yet because God's waiting for you to put to death? God wants to bring new life into your life, but it can't happen without the death of the old ways, the old things, the old addictions, the old habits, the old people that you have been following on Instagram that you haven't unfollowed yet. God wants to bring death to those things because he wants to bring new life into you, into your life. What things haven't haven't been, been quite just yet? God will never have you do something without bringing something and give you purpose for that thing. So as God speaks to you, he speaks to your intellect, he speaks to your faith and asks you to do things, and he might not give you the full understanding, but it is not without purpose. There is a purpose for it, and ultimately at the end of that purpose is to bring you life into it. Can I get an Amen. In this passage, God gives Noah a biblical model to align his life with. God said to Noah, this is the model for your life to be blessed, and there is a model for all our lives to be blessed in God. The Bible is filled with biblical models to align our life with, and not only that, God gives us the church. The church is filled with biblical models all around you. All around you, there's models in the church on how to live a biblical life because sometimes I get it, reading the Bible, it's kind of hard to contextualize that to our life. But there's certain people in your life, in this church, that God says, that's an example right there. That's a biblical model right there. That's how you can do it. Why don't you go talk to them? This is not my first point, but this is a point to build, build on as we get into our first point. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the examples a little bit later. But you can't take worldly examples and engraft them into biblical models. And this is why the world is not trying to help you to live a life for God. It's not. So, so you, we need to understand that the models this world wants you to live are the ones that makes the world comfortable. But for the most part, the world is comfortable with your faith in God, but not with your actions for him. That's why you can't take worldly examples and put them together with biblical models. It just doesn't work. Following God's models, models is alignment, and you can't bring those worldly exa- examples in alignment with God and God's model, which brings me to my first point. The first point is the Bible is the number one place to go on how to model your life. The Bible is the number one place to go on how to model your life. It is not dead, outdated. It is not irrelevant. It is not without wisdom. It is not without instruction. It is not without power. It is not without the power to change your situation. It is not without. It is perfect in every which way. 2 Corinthians 3 or 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God breathed. And useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Meaning that scripture is everything that you need to build your faith, to grow your faith, to walk a life of faith. Come on, it's everything that you need to model your life around. It is perfect for every situation. It's the final authority for every situation or every subject that is going on in the world today. 2 Peter 1.20-21 says this. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture, that's the Word of God, is a matter of one's own interpretation. So man did not interpret it. We have, we have over 40 authors of the Bible, but it was not man's interpretation. So whose interpretation was it? Verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. Again, reinforcing, it wasn't man's human will. It wasn't man's perspective. It wasn't man's thought. Um, But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Meaning... Men filled with the Holy Spirit pinned the very words of God. It was God's words because they were filled by the Holy Spirit. It's perfect, accurate, and errant in every single way. And if people have tried to measure the the the, the any if there were any errors to it, there is not. This is there's no errors to it because they were filled by the Holy Spirit. They were pinning down the very words of God. The words of God, it, the word of God is 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 accurate, it is precise. And it is for you, fits you, and it's relevant for you. So I say again to my point, you can't take worldly examples and engraft them into biblical models because the world examples are filled with, with man's motive, man's interpretation, and man's perspective. The word of God is perfect and needs no addition to it. But some of us have been trying to bring social normalcies to it, to into alignment with God's models and have left yourself frustrated. It hasn't been working because you have been adding these culturally accepted ideas of God's plan for you and missing the details and steps to the great life God wants to give you. God wants to build for you. We're all smart thinkers. I get it. I look across the room, and I know those online, you know, you're technology savvy. That's why you're online. You're all smart. You all got the mind. You're all intellectual. You you know, we think to solve. We think to figure out. We think to make things better. But somebody say, but... But but God has it all solved. God has already figured it out. God's way is always better. Say, God's way is always better. God always speaks to the intellect of the mind, and it's up to the person to receive it. Tell your neighbor, I receive it. I receive it. Come on. I receive it. Tell your second choice neighbor, I receive it. The Bible is the number one place to go on how to model your life. God wants you to build your life according to his word and that's alignment. Somebody say alignment. alignment. Point number 2. The church is filled with biblical models. The church is filled with biblical models. Noah lived in a time he was about to in a time where he was about to take on a project that he had no life reference for. And let me tell you, how many how many of you know that your life is a project? Your life is a project. Maybe maybe you've come into the church and maybe you're the first person to lead your family to church, so maybe you have no reference for, uh, you know, in your family, but there are references for how to build that in the church. How do you build that then? How do you build that when, when you aren't sure of what that looks like? How do you, or how do you do that when you have the pressures of life surrounding you? Because there is pressures in life. There is pressures all out there. Matthew 4:19 cuz this is where this is where it starts Matthew 4:19 says Jesus called to them come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Now the thing here is you have to be willing to follow him and he will show you. It's not the other way around because we as a people group we just we want to God show us first and then we'll follow you. I get it because I've been in that position before, but God says, no, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. That's not how it works in the biblical model that I'm showing you. The biblical model is follow me and I will show you. Take your steps and I will show you. And the more you take your steps, I will show you how the picture of your life is to become. That is how God works and that's how we start. You have to be willing to follow him so he can show you, church, he can show you how blessed your life can look like. We must follow first, and then he will show. First Corinthians 11:1 says, "Follow my example, as I follow the example of Christ." Now this is Paul speaking, and I love it because Paul said, "I follow Jesus," but at that, that time, at that time, Jesus wasn't alive. His physical body wasn't, wasn't there. He he you know Paul was saying, "Follow me, as I follow Christ." Uh, Paul was speaking to a church in, in in Corinth that you know they were they were doing things and they were following wrong examples. And he's saying, yeah, you may have been following these wrong examples, and I can't really point to anyone quite just yet on, who you, on, on, on how do we follow the example because I'm here to bring some, some uh, training, some correction, and, and get you guys back on the right path. But you can follow my example. What does that say? What does that say? We have to be willing to follow the examples of our leaders past, uh, uh, because uh, Paul was a pastor. He was, he was a leader. He was an apostle. He was a teacher. We have to be willing to follow those examples. And I get it. Some of you, maybe you got hurt by previous churches and what the church has done to you. And, and, you know, I'm greatly, uh, you know, uh, sorry for that. I apologize on behalf of the church. But let me tell you, I can't speak for, for the situation or what happened. But I can say for Freedom House is that we love you and we want God's best for you. We want God's best for you so much that we establish a pastoral team and our lead pastors, Pastor Sign, Pastor Marie, and and then he ordained some pastors. And then we have directors and we have team leads and so on and so forth. We have connect group hosts. We have these people and all these people, these leadership are there to help us pastor the church. We have to be willing to follow those examples. We have to be willing, again, if if you were hurt by the church, or maybe you're online, and maybe that's why you're online, because you went to church and you got hurt. um, I'm so sorry for that, but we love you, and we want God's best for you, and we want to pastor you correctly, but one of the things that you have to do is be willing to follow the examples of your leaders and your directors and your pastors to help you along the way, because it's very easy to point out the negative examples. How many of you have been like, well... I would, I've had conversations like this, like, man, I, I would, you know, well, what about that person? He's not doing it the right way. And i would had many conversations. I would have him tell him this, well, that's not the right example. Our minds go to the negative a lot faster than they go to the positive. We have to train our minds to see the more, the more positive examples out there, especially in the church. And where you're going to find that is within the leadership and the pastoral team. So... Point, you have to be willing to follow people's examples, leadership, so your life can be blessed also. We need to drop the worldly examples and pick up the God examples that are in front of us to live a life according to biblical models. Okay, Pastor Lou, but how do you continue to do that? How do you continue to do that? Well, let me tell you, there's so many areas that I can speak to, but, but I'll just speak to just family. And, and, you know, family, it's hard. It is tough. It's hard. There's a tension. There's a natural tension that you're always going to feel if you, are, if you have kids. Um, you know, because the world is trying to get at your kids and you have to do everything to lead your kids to the cross, lead your kids to God. And, 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 that, and that tension will never go away. That's the burden and that, and that is the joy that we carry as parents as we lead our children. That is what we do, so we can't take the societal norms and, and 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 adapt them to and to what it is to live a life of faith. If you're living a life of faith, then you are intention, especially if you live if you're living in a way where you're putting God first. Because in this day and age, there's so many things that are pulling at their attention. When I was a kid, there was not much of a, uh, or at least my, in my household, there wasn't a lot of like little league stuff like that. Uh, I did a couple years of that, but but my that was my parents' focus. Um, unfortunately, the church wasn't either. You know, we went to church Christmas, Easter, but Easter. But um, for us in my family, you know, we had our kids involved. And, man, those th- even those things are trying to pull, pull at your kids, you know, with the Pop Warner, Little League, what, what, what have you, baseball, basketball, football, all those types of things that are out there, running, everything that is out there that's for your children. And those are all great, so I'm not coming against those things. But what I am coming against, if your life is dictated by, by, your, by your children's Little League, then, then something needs to change and something needs to be realigned and it needs to be dictated, dictated by God. I can speak to this because I lived it. Okay, so I'm not trying to come against you. I'm not. What I am trying to do is realign you. Come on, we're still in our alignment series, and I want to make sure our lives are aligned. And there's a biblical model to follow. You can do it. If you want to know, I can let you know how we did it. I can let you know how we did it. If you're, but, but I'm telling you, if your schedule is dictated around your kids' sports then, and, and not God first, then, then there's something going on there that needs to be fixed. Now, if you're a young, young person, young adult, well, actually, you know, I'm not a, this, is, this is day and age. So this is for everybody, okay? I spoke to family, but also somewhere that you can start as, as, as a person, young adult, adult, what have you, is your social media. I mentioned it earlier, but there's some people that you just got to stop following. You're like, well, I don't know who to follow then. Okay, well, let me help you. Okay, let me help you. Okay, remember, leaders, leaders are great examples. You can follow me. You can follow my wife. You should definitely be following Pastor Si and Pastor Marie. If you're a young adult student, junior high, high school, you definitely should be following Pastor Tommy and his wife Jessica. And and you could do this too, like, okay, cool, you know, well, who are they following? I know you do this already, so just do it. Go look at their followers or who they're following and say, yes, I need to follow those people. You can look at mine. You'll be looking like, oh, Pastor Louis. okay, all right. He follows Jeep's accounts. Oh, but he doesn't have a Jeep. Maybe he wants a Jeep. I'll pray that he gets his Jeep. Okay, awesome. Oh, he follows Oh, he follows the 49ers. Oh, they lost last week. Okay, no worries. Oh, but he also follows other football teams. Well, I don't need to follow all the football teams that he likes. He must be a football fan. I'll just follow my own team. I don't know. Oh, he follows Pastor Josiah. Oh, that's something to follow. Oh, he follows these other men of God that speak life, and they're always putting up quotes, and they're always giving things that build life. Man, those things I need to follow. You know you're looking at people and what they're following, so might as well look at the ones, at the good examples, and see what they're following, and you can start there. And that's a word for everybody. That's a word for everybody. The church is filled with biblical examples, filled with biblical examples, biblical models. This is how you build your life according to biblical models, the Bible and the church. Say it with me, the Bible and the church let me go back to the beginning because I'm about to close right now God told Noah to build an ark now the ark in Hebrew means a couple things it means well it's it's pronounced teva which is a Hebrew word and it means ark in which Noah built Duh. <laughs> that's easy ark in which Noah built it also means a basket vessel in which Moses was placed now I don't like introducing new things when I close, but, but I felt it uh, uh, prevalent to do it here, to do so here. Moses led the people of Israel uh, out of captivity, out of slavery from Egypt, and into freedom. That's who Moses was. That's as much as I'm going to get into that, but that's who he was. he was. He was a great leader. He was awesome. And the Bible says that that word, that Hebrew word also means the, the basket in which Moses, uh, um, the vessel basket in which Moses was placed. That basket saved his life because there was a point where he, was, he, he, he had to be floated down the river to, to escape death in a basket as a baby. Okay? So that saved his life. That saved his life. The ark in which Noah built, in which Moses was in, built to save his life, his one life. The ark in which Noah built saved the lives of his family and all of mankind. We all have a Noah and a Moses, and this is why I say this, inside of us. We all need an ark to save us, and we all have an ark to build. So there is no one in here without something to build. There is no one in here without a purpose. There is no one in here without a plan that's inside of him that God's trying to pull out. For many of you, Freedom House is the ark that saved you. Or the church that you gave your life to, that's the ark that saved you. Or maybe you're logging on to this YouTube channel and that's the ark that has saved you and has brought you into a relationship with God. Or maybe it was another YouTube channel, another faith-based channel that brought you into that and that was the ark for you that saved you. Let me tell you, that's the Moses side of you because each and every one of you needed to be saved. But God has also placed inside of you an ark to build for the saving of many lives. And that's the Noah side of you. So this message is about drawing the Noah' side of you out. It's saying It's saying to speaking to that spirit and saying, "Come out. It's time to build that ark in which God is calling you. And that ark, that ark that God's calling you to build is the ark of your life. That is what you're called to build. That is what you called for Noah, it was something physical. It was something that he had put wood together, but for you, it is your life. God wants you to build your life according to the biblical models that he has set before you. But you might be thinking, God didn't give me a model to build a huge ark like Noah because he gave him plans, and you would be right in saying that, but the ark you are building is the life that he gave you. But Noah was a man of great faith, you also might be saying. A man of God, but I'm not. But that's not true. You are a person of great faith. You are a person, you are a man of God, you are a woman of God. That is who you are. You are a person who is in relationship with God. Who was Noah before he was Noah? Nobody knew who he was. Like I said in the beginning, we have the benefit of the word to show us how the story ends. So we know that Noah had great faith because the scriptures say so. But who was he before that? It wasn't until Noah started building the ark that people started knowing who he was. And guess what? When he started building the ark, people probably thought he was crazy because he was building something for something that hasn't even happened yet or ever happened on the earth. And some of you have been building and then you stopped because people were calling you crazy. You've been going to that church every Sunday, Wednesday, volunteering all that time. You're crazy. Give, give, your, give that amount of time to that. But. But they won't call you crazy when you give all your time to the things of this world. Give all your time to the things of, you know, that, that, that you know, Little lick team. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm talking. on I'm, I'm not trying to demonize that. But, but, but that, that's something in society that's very prevalent, especially with families. And I believe that the church needs to rise up. It's, it's families. Come on and lead them in the way and the things of God. We have the benefit of the Bible to see what Noah did. What's what's God calling you to build? I believe God's giving you a word. Every week you guys come in here, you log online, Wednesday night, come on, somebody probably prayed for you, give you a prophetic word. You guys got word upon word upon word. What is God calling you to build? What is God calling you to build, but you haven't built it because you feel you're not a man or a woman of faith, or because you feel like you need more understanding. God's spoken to you intellectually. It's time to build. Build that biblical modeled life. Noah's faith wasn't great until he obeyed what God told him to do. So what does that mean? Your faith is great when you obey what God tells you to do. So some of you, man, God's telling you just open your Bible every morning for five minutes. That's great faith. Just pray a little, little longer. Ten minutes, go 20 minutes. That's great faith. Come on, go and start serving at your church. That's great faith. Go to that connect group. They kicked off connect groups. Okay, go to that connect group. That's great faith. That's great faith, but somebody, some, some people, we just take that word great and, and, uh, and, and apply it to only things that are big. But great faith is not to how big you are building, it's to the obedience that you are giving to God. Your great faith comes when you obey Him. When you obey Him. God gave Noah word to build a model in an ark, but at the same time, Noah was modeling what faith looked like, but to who? to his family, to his to the people around him. 2 Timothy 3:16 6, through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, somebody say servant of God, say that's me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good word. Scripture is God's word. The word that God has given you has is thoroughly equipping you or has thoroughly equipped you to take on the very thing that God's calling you to build. The very thing that God says, I want this built in your life. I've already given you a word. You may not fully understand it, but I've given you the intellectual capacity to receive it. All you got to do is take the steps because my word says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So continue to take those steps and you'll see how that looks like. So I have thoroughly equipped you. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word was God. Genesis 613, back to the story. And God said to Noah, let me translate that to you. And God gave Noah a word. It all started with a word. It all started with a word from God. The word is the foundation for the miraculous to take place in your life just as it did in Noah's life. And all of you have a word. You just received the word. And all it's going to take is this start of this word and you taking the next steps to see you build out your life for what God wants to bring through it. Noah built an ark. But it was greater than the ark. It was about many being saved and it started with his family. And I know many of you have been praying for your families. You're praying for your friends. You're saying, God, I want you to intervene. I want them to have an encounter. I want them to get saved. I want them to know you like I know you. But it started, it started with Noah taking action. If Noah wouldn't have built that ark, his family would have died. I believe the arc of your life that God wants you to build is greater than your life. It's about your family, your friends that are saved through the biblical model life that you are building. It's about the legacy that you're leaving behind on the earth. That's what the building of your life is. The legacy you choose to leave behind. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.